about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Good morning, everybody. Praise God, it's Resurrection Sunday. We are glad to have an opportunity to come to you on Facebook Live this morning once again. That's how we are adjusting to things going on in the world, so we are glad that you are here. We want to remind you, basically, that you can reach us on mytcvc.com. All you have to do is go to the website. It's got all the information that you're ever going to need, ever going to want. Uh, the past sermons are on there. Everything else is on there for you to go to and take care of. Praise God. So... We're excited this morning to be with you. I um, believe I'm going to bring a word to you that's going to help you in a lot of areas of your life. Basically, when God deals with me, I deal with people. That's the way it is. And what we're going to teach this morning is not for everybody, but it is for you. So basically, I want you to take this to heart. I want you to take it as God speaking to you. I don't want you thinking about your husband should be doing this, your uncle should be doing this. I want you to take it basically to you, praise God, because that's who God wants to speak to this morning. I want to start off with just a few things that God told me to reiterate this morning. First of all, let me, let me remind you, some of you know this, some of you don't, but you were born for a time such as this. Amen. It's not an accident that you're here right now in 2020 at this time. It, at this hour, you were born for this time. God knew exactly what he was doing when he put you here in the year 2020. I'm going to make a statement here that hopefully changes the way you've been thinking over the last few weeks. God told me that you are the answer to the problems in the world today. We are responsible as the church. We are his extension. We are the ones here who are supposed to make a difference in this earth realm right now. Not God, but through us. God in us and through us. We sang resurrection life. Resurrection power is on the inside of us. We need to start tapping into that resurrection power in order to do what needs to be done right now. Uh, if you have a Bible this morning, if you don't, you need to get one. Just go to Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Matthew chapter 6. You know, as you get older, you've gone through a lot of Resurrection Sundays, basically. And for the first, I would guess, the first 35 years of my life, I went through Resurrection Sunday. And, of course, I went to church. Everybody does. You wear your favorite clothes. You put on your Easter bonnet. You do whatever you need to do on Easter to show up and show everybody that Jesus is alive and the tomb is empty. But for many years in my life, I left Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday morning thinking, so what? Big deal. Jesus is raised. Good for you, Jesus. Jesus has been seated in heavenly places. Good for you, Jesus. Jesus is king over all. I'm happy for you, Jesus. But what did it actually do for me? Then I found a scripture in Romans that said, He was raised for my justification, which we translate sometimes the church, just as if I never sinned. So when he was raised from the dead, it actually gave us an opportunity to step in a brand new realm again to a place to where it was just as if we never sinned, which was basically a restoration back to our original call, our original purpose in Genesis, where we now have dominion here on the earth. We have power here on the earth. We can make a difference here on the earth. And instead of worrying about different things, we need to take our place in the kingdom of God and take advantage of what the resurrection was for. If not, you're going to go another year. You're going to come back around again and yell, Jesus is alive, go home and that's going to be the end of it. But Jesus was raised from the dead for a specific purpose, and he did everything he did for mankind, for you, to restore you back to your original position and call that God has placed on your life. So Matthew chapter 6, let's start in verse 24. It says, No man or woman can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one 
and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, if you think about that scripture, you can't serve God in money, but you can't serve God in anything. In other words, you're either serving God or you're serving something else, but the the main thing in the world today is money, so they put money in there. Verse 25, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. In other words, do not worry what you shall eat, what you shall drink, or yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not your life more than meat and your body more than clothing? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature? And why take ye the thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that not even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, stop worrying, don't take thought, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we going to be clothed with? Where are we going to get our toilet paper? For all these things, all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Since I started studying the kingdom of God, I found that the two major enemies of the kingdom of God, one is religion, and number two are things. Things have become a deterrent to the kingdom of God, basically because we live in this natural realm and we need things. And, but here Jesus basically is telling us to shift our priorities off our basic needs. He's saying don't worry about food, don't worry about water, don't worry about house, don't worry about money. Instead, just seek ye first. Now, how many know first means first? First, the kingdom of God, and then all these things that you're worrying about will be added to you supernaturally by the kingdom of God, and that's because you're not only seeking the kingdom of God, but you're also seeking His righteousness or your right position and right standing in the kingdom of God. Once you align up with God, all these things in the natural will start funneling into your life because that's what the kingdom of God wants to do is supply your every need. Almost everybody in the world right now, their number one priority in life is things basically for material security. That's what everybody lives for. That's what everybody does. So here's Jesus coming along. I guarantee you this was not a popular sermon this day. I can guarantee you when he told them not to worry about all that stuff they've been worrying about, working for their whole life. Instead, he said, you need to seek my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, if you get sucked into the world, the way the world's doing things, notice that material things equal how successful you are right now. In other words, who's ever got the most money, they're the most successful. Whoever ever got the most fame, they're the most successful. And for our young people of this day, instead of looking to God, I believe a lot of them are looking at the rap singer. They're looking at the professional athlete. Oh, this is success. Oh, that's success. Oh, this is what it is. And, and there's shows on TV, you know, the rich and the famous. Mansions for millionaires. And the young people are seeing this stuff and they're being drawn to people that they shouldn't be following and shouldn't be idolizing because in the kingdom of God, you seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. We've come to a place now where we base our self-worth on what we possess. You need to base your self-worth on who you are. 
You are a son of the living God. You are raised into heavenly places far above. You have authority. You have dominion. That's your self-worth. I don't care if you ain't got any money in the bank this morning. I'd rather be a son of God than be a millionaire. I'd rather have power and authority to deal with circumstances and situations going on in the world right now than I'd have a big mansion someplace. So God is trying to shift our hearts from our priority of things that we work for, that we live for, into a place of seeking first the kingdom of God. And by seeking the kingdom of God, then we're going to get in right alignment with him. And he's going to be able to do what he wants to do. You look at most of the criminal activity going on in the world right now. It's based on basically things. Drug, drugs are sold by different gangs. Why? To get money to get things. Women will sell their bodies simply to get money to get things. So God is doing a major shift, and I believe this is a great opportunity for the church and for you to make a shift off of things and make them onto the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 6, look at verse 12. Here's what I thought this said for years. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on all the things you need. Come on, what has relig religion taught us? What has Christianity taught us? Most of our prayers are about getting things from God. Most of our prayers are, God, please help me with this. Please do this. Please pay my bills. Please pay my mortgage. Please give me money. But he said, if you're seeking the right priority, you don't have to worry about these things because all these things will be added unto you. So notice what it says. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. What is that? That's what Jesus was raised from the dead for, so that you could have eternal life on the inside of you, which is God's nature, God's power, God's ability on the inside of you. So your faith basically is not to get things. Your faith is to get your identity of who you are in the kingdom of God so that all these things will be added unto you. Now, God spoke to me several days ago, and he said, people don't come to me because I am enough. He says, people come to me because they want some more stuff. And hallelujah, when you think about it, that's the way we were trained. That's the way we were taught up. If you weren't getting your mortgage met, then what's the problem? You ain't got enough faith. If you ain't getting this, you ain't got enough faith. But you're putting your faith in the wrong things. You're putting them in earthly things rather than what God did for you when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead and gave you a position. Healing belongs to you today. It's not a promise. In the kingdom of God, it belongs to you. All your needs are met according to your riches and glory in the kingdom. Outside the kingdom, we're praying for those things and seeking those things. So God is making an adjustment right now. He's making an, an alignment adjustment. He's like a, a Holy Ghost chiropractor. He's lining you up to the kingdom of God. He's getting on the inside of you in your heart. He's lining you up to a place to where you're now moving into the kingdom and you're putting his things first rather than the all things that shall be added unto you. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 12. All right, Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse 22. But you are come to the Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh, 
For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape, if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but I also shake heaven. And this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for God is a consuming fire. Right now in the earth realm, there is a great shaking going on. It is a good time to be a Christian right now because God is shaking stuff up in this earth realm. Basically, God is shaking you up right now. What for? To change your priorities and your desires onto a kingdom purpose that's eternal and cannot be destroyed off of the stuff in your life that can be destroyed and that you're trusting in. Now, I'm not saying this virus is of God. We all know that. People from TCVC know that God's not putting this virus. But I'll tell you what it's doing. It is giving God an opportunity Come on, when you get shook a little bit, how many of you know that you press into God a little bit more than you did before? Back on 9-11, you'd run a prayer meeting, you'd have three people show up on a Wednesday night, and after the buildings got bombed, you had a prayer meeting the next week, there was 120 people there. Why is that? Because sometimes people need shook. Some people need adjusted a little bit. They need to turn to God and want to hear His voice and want to see what's going on. But notice what this shaking is supposed to do. The removal of those things that can be shaken. My question this morning to you is, what are you seeking in life? What are you doing? Are you trusting in? What do you depend on? God things? Do you depend on God or your job? Do you depend on God or the health care system in the United States today? If you depend on your job for money and needs, basically, you're going to be shaken right now. If you depend on some doctor to come up with this or that or something in the medical field, I'll tell you what, your life is going to be shaken right now. If you're dependent on the government... God bless them. They're doing the best they can, but they're not the answer to your problems. They are a band-aid to the issue, and God is the one who wants to take care of you. Your Father knows what needs you have, but He cannot supply your needs unless you get your heart in right alignment with Him so He can funnel that stuff in from the kingdom of God to you. The kingdom has supplied already divine health for you. It's already a given. It's given to you. These are divine rights that have been given to each and every one of us. I mean, way, you go way back. David knew this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. These aren't promises out in the future. These are benefits to somebody who moves into the kingdom of God and lines up with the kingdom of God. What are they? He forgives all your sins. Hallelujah. That's good news, isn't it? Listen, all your sins. Hallelujah. He has healed all your diseases. He has saved your life from destruction. These are kingdom benefits that God has given to us right now, praise God. And when you move into the kingdom of God, your thinking changes from a victim, from somebody who doesn't have anything, to someone who's been given it all by God himself. Hallelujah. I was taking a walk with my wife the other day, and we took a walk, and we were talking a little bit, and she was talking a little bit about the kingdom of God, and I said, the kingdom of God attitude is like a lion. I mean, a lion, he is king of the jungle. Do you know that? He's not the biggest thing in the jungle, but he is the king of the jungle. And when he comes near to an elephant who's much bigger than him, who could stop on him in one little step and could squash him like a bug, when the lion sees the elephant, he says, lunch. When the elephant sees a lion, he says, I'm lunch. And he starts running the other way. What's the difference? Is he bigger than the elephant? No. Is he stronger than the elephant? No. He got an attitude, brother. 
And the church needs to move into the attitude of the kingdom of God and find out basically who we are, what we can do in this day and in this hour. If we're going to shine as lights, it's dark right now. This is the time, for goodness sakes, to start shining as lights. Let's not go into darkness with everybody else. Let's not panic. Let's not do this. Continue to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many know right now there's more people praying than there's been in a long time? I mean, you see pictures all over Facebook. This country's praying. That country's in the street praying. This has happened. That's happening. Why is that, basically? Praise God. Because there's a shaking going on at this present time. People are being shook by what's going on. And, uh, you know, people get up and, behind and they get up in their prayer life in situations like this because they're looking at the natural all the time. And I've heard people pray, oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. The virus, oh, the virus, the virus, the virus. The stock market has fallen with all my money in it. I'm losing all my jobs. Nothing's working out. And I said, what do you think about that, God? And the Holy Ghost answered. He said, I'm not that concerned with what's going on in the world right now. I'm more concerned with what's going on in you right now. Yes. And then he went on to say, it's not only because, what is it is only because of what's going on in the world that I finally have an opportunity to do something on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He wants to change our priorities. He wants us to get into the kingdom of God. What's going on in the world today is not the end. I mean, if you think this is the worst thing we're ever going to run into, well, probably me. might not be you because I'm a little older. But young people, you've got a long way to go yet. And things are going to come into this world, and there's going to be shakings that are coming into your world. It's better to make the adjustment right now than do it some other time. And people say all the time, well, I'm not trusting in my job. And I say, well, if you lose it, are you worrying? I don't trust in my money. Is your bank account dwindling right now? Are you fretting? I believe in God's healing. Well, this virus is around. Are you panicking that you're going to get sick? Come on. If you're fearing and worried and all these things, it's an obvious thing to me that that is not your source right now. But the good news is you can basically change your source and change your seeking into the kingdom of God because he wants to be your priority. He wants to be your provider. He wants to be your healer. He wants to be your all in all. He wants you to be a son and act like a son and act like a daughter. And notice what it says here. He is a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry, and you are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds thereon. But let every man, how many men? Every, every man take heed how he builds upon. No, so this is up to you. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ, the kingdom constitution in God himself. Verse 12, now if any man build on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by what? And who's an all-consuming fire? God. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, 
he has built thereupon, he shall receive an award. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, so as by fire. Notice it tells us here we are co-laboring with God. God is not working for you. You are supposed to be working with God as a kingdom citizen and a kingdom ambassador. The kingdom of God basically is defined in Romans chapter 14 that says it is righteousness, right alignment, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We are called in this hour to heal the sick, not be the sick. We are here to help people with their needs rather than worry about our needs. We're here to cast out the devil, not brag on what he's doing in your life. You have an opportunity now as you have grown in the things of God and renewed your mind to the things of God. And basically what God says is there's going to be some things in your life in the middle of a shaking that may just get burned away. Some things you're depending on may just burn up. Maybe that job you had that was your whole existence all at once disappears and you've got to get another job or got to do something else. Maybe the money in the banks. Maybe the stock market was it. Woohoo! Doing good and all at once one day later, boom, there it goes the other way. Whatever is shows you, especially in the time we're in right now, that it can burn up in a hurry. Things can change in a hurry. So what are you depending on? Who are you depending on? What are you doing in the midst of what's going on? Where is your security? Is your security in finances? Is your security in the experts? My God, I never knew we had so many experts. We got health experts. We got kingdom experts. We got everybody who becomes an expert in times like this. But I found out going to the Constitution and God himself is the best expert that you can possibly get in your life. So if I'm going to walk in the kingdom of God, I'm going to walk in right standing with him, and I'm going to have peace and joy in what? In the Holy Ghost. Now, you're going to be troubled in these times if you're trying to live in righteousness, peace, and joy in your job. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the medical. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the government. There's a difference. The only righteous peace and joy you're going to have is if you stay with somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. I can remember back in 2008. I mean, that's the last time things seemed to fall apart. The stock market went crazy. Everything went ballistic. And I was pastoring at that time. And people were calling me from the church and telling me they lost their job. They did. The stock market went down. This has happened. We're foreclosing our house. All these things are taking place. And I listen to so much of that stuff. Say so much of that stuff. So you've got to watch what comes in your ears on this stuff. So I'm going to my prayer room, and instead of the lion that I used to be, I turned into an elephant. And I got in here, oh, God, foreclosures, oh, God, the stock market, oh, God, the job, oh, God. And finally, I took a breath. How many know sometimes you just got to take a breath? God trying to talk to you, but you can't shut up for two seconds and leave anything in. So I had to catch my breath, and God says, let's check this out. How's your house doing? Is it in foreclosure? I said, no, it's paid off. He said, oh. He said, how about the stock market bottom? Did that hurt you? I said, well, no, I ain't got any money in the stock market. He said, that's right. He said, how about jobs? You got any of them? At that time, I had two of them. I said, no, I got two of them right now. He said, then what are you doing in here acting like an idiot? And I said, you're right. I am an idiot. I've been influenced from the things on the outside of me to a place where it pulled me down out of my heavenly seat, pulled me down into a place where basically, so what happened? There had to be a burning up in there of my thought life right now. There needed to be a bonfire in my life at that time. Let me ask you what areas in your life that there needs to be a bonfire. Where does something during this time when you seek your heart, and, and I'll tell you, you've got to get alone with God in this time. You, you can be on different sites and all that stuff, and this guy's preaching, and that guy's preaching, and he's got a word, and that's got a word, and there's nothing wrong with that. But sooner or later, you're going to have to get quiet enough to let God speak to you individually and give you his word for you in what's going on on the earth. And when you do that, you'll get a word that will totally set you free. So wherever you've got misdirected priorities, whatever you're prioritizing above the kingdom of God and his stuff, 
basically is going to catch fire. It's like kindling wood. It's going to catch fire in this day and hour. But the best part is if it burns up, that's good for you. Because now you've got nothing. Now I've got to start over. So it didn't work going that way. Hopefully a lightning bolt hit you. And you understand you need to go a different way. Now I need to change my direction. I need to go in a different direction. I need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. But the best, look at verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, how many know you could lose your job, you could lose all your money, you could lose everything, you could suffer loss, but guess what? You're still saved. Yes. Hallelujah. So you're still going to die, you're still going to go to heaven, but how many know it's a lot better living with some stuff, trusting in God and living in victory? All right, go to John chapter 5. Once again, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm talking to you today, not to anybody around you, not to any of your relation. I want to talk to you today. God wants to deal with your heart. He's dealing with my heart. He's showing me areas where I'm still not totally depending on Him. And I'll tell you, sometimes you've got to get to a place in your life where you don't have to, but I guess you do, where there's no answer, where nothing's going to help you in the natural realm. I can remember when we went a little bit in debt when we bought this building and we got so far under and then uh, runners left and everything went down and all at once we're down to about pure zero basically in our bank account and we owed well over $100,000, dollars $300,000 and we're in a position and at that time, you know, all I did was put pressure on God. I said, hey, I'm a tither. Therefore, you've got to meet my needs according to your riches and glory. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. I didn't talk about it. I didn't go online and, and petition money. I didn't beg anybody for the thing. But I was in a spot where my rich uncle, which I don't have any anyway, could not help me. Nobody could help me. The bank couldn't help me anymore. Nothing could help me. I had a choice. Switch my dependence on God or fall apart. So I just stayed on God. I just kept living. I just kept going. I just kept smiling. I just, somebody say, how you doing? Great. Glory to God. How's the church doing? Super duper kabooper. Praise God. It's just going wonderful. Praise God. Why is that? Because I got to hang on. Do you understand? I'm putting my trust in him and I put pressure on God. I said, hey, you made this promise to me. You told me this is the way it's going to be. You made me start this ministry. You made me do this thing. Now, you're going to have to do something about this sooner or later. And all at once, somebody gave me a call on the phone and they said that God had spoken to them and they wanted to give me a check. I said, well, praise God, it's good to get checks. We get checks every week, and that's really fine and dandy. But, uh, so they came to the office down here, dropped it off a check, and uh, talked to them a little bit. They walked out the door, opened it up, six figures. I said, woo-hoo, woo You know, people jump and dance and scream. How do you know, my God, I could have hit my head on the ceiling at that time and hit it. came from a source I wasn't looking at, nothing I was looking for. That person apparently heard from God that the situation we were in, that person had been blessed by this church, and all at once, here comes a six-figure check. Woo! I'll tell you what, that's a lot of money. When, you've got, when you ain't got much, that's a lot of money, praise God. I'm telling you right now. So glory to God. What happened? You've you got to find out. We've got to get our dependency on God. No matter what's coming in the future, we've got to depend on Him for our health, our wealth, our peace, our joy. We've got to get locked in our hearts to the kingdom of God. All right, John chapter 5. You should definitely be there by now. Look at verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was a Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of crippled and impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting on the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. How many know that is a long time? 
When Jesus saw him lie there, he knew that he had been there a long time in that case, and he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me in the pool, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And that same day was the Sabbath day. As I was looking at this scripture the other day, God spoke to me and said, For a long time, even in my life, I was one of those people who was laying around on the porches. I was on the porch of Christianity. I was doing everything that I thought was right. My dependency was not really on God. He was my Lord, yes, yes, my Savior. But when it came to finances, when it came to my job, when it came to everything else, basically that's where my heart was and that's where I was seeking things rather than the kingdom of God. Many Christians have a crippled lifestyle right now. Maybe your finances are crippled and you're sitting on one of the porches. Maybe your finances are crippled. Maybe your feelings and emotions have been crippled by this whole thing and you're sitting there on the porch. Maybe it's your health. All these are basically there. And I'll tell you, if you've been on the porch a long time and you've been laying on that bed, that nice soft bed, you can get comfy there. You get cozy there. But that's just the way it is. That's just what God wants for me. He never really wanted me to have that much money anyway. He just didn't want me to be, be totally healthy. He just wanted me a little bit healthy at this time. That's all he does. So we lay on our beds, nice and comfy there. And yet the supernatural in the kingdom of God is just a few porches away right there in the pool. But we're laying there. We're relaxed. And then all at once what happens? A shaking comes. And all at once your bed starts to shake. All at once a fire comes and starts burning stuff up in your life. And all at once you think, man, this ain't so good anymore. I need to get something else. I need to pursue God more. I need to go after God anymore. Watch where the transition takes place. In the troubling of the water. Not when the water's calm. I'm just laying out by the pool. I'm sick, but I'm getting some sun. Having a good time. But boy, when the water gets stirred up, when the fire starts coming, when the transformation comes, where there's an opportunity to God start to work on your heart like it is right now, basically then there's going to be some changes that God wants to make in your life. He's going to make some adjustments in your life, but it's for your better, not for your worse. So Jesus walks up to him. What does he say? Hey, now, this is a pretty easy question, I would say. Would you like to be made whole? Now you'd think 99% of the time... The answer would be yes. But watch what he says. I have no man. I have no man to help me with my health. I have no man to help me with the finances. I have no man. As long as you keep looking to man, you've got no man. Because there's only one man and he the man. They, Jesus Christ is the man. Yet we're looking to all these things in the natural to help us. All these things to bail us out. All these things. So Jesus said... Be made whole. Now watch what he told him to do. Pick up your bed. See, some of you need to pick up what you've been comfy on for a long time. Pick up your bed. Decide to be made whole in that area of your life. Decide to depend on God. Decide to depend on his word there. Praise God. And you're going to pick up your bed and you're going to walk out of that place. Praise God. And there's going to be changes taking place in your life like you've never seen before. Right now we're going through a shaking. There's going to be other fires that come down the road. I don't know if it'll be two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now. But they're going to be coming. Now's the time to make the adjustment in your heart now so you're ready for the next one. You can go through the whole thing in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost not fretting, not worrying, not going crazy. Praise God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 24. Well, I really trust in God for that. Well, what happens if you get that and lose it? Then what do you say? <laughs> well, why is that? Because you were putting your trust... And that thing, anyway, praise God. 
All right, Matthew 24. Look at verse 3. And as Jesus sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, Well, take heed that no man deceive you. That means he possibly can be. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, and let all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, there shall be pestilence, there shall be earthquakes, there shall be diverse places, and all these things are what? Notice, now these are the beginning of sorrows. Now this is Jesus basically teaching them on the last days and on the end times. I want to show you first of all in verse 6 something very important. It says, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. So he gives this instruction there, doesn't he? He said, these things are coming. I'm warning you these things are coming. Why? So you don't get troubled when they come. But notice what he says in the next verse. And all these things might, all these things could possibly, you never know about all these things. No, all these things what? Must come to pass. That means if you're praying that there never be another earthquake, you're wasting your time. If you're praying there'll be another war, you're wasting your time. All these things must come to pass. Now, the difference is in all these shakings, if an earthquake hits a country over in Asia or something like that, we hear about it on the news, but we really don't care. You know, they had an earthquake over there. Did you see that earthquake? Did you see what number it was? That was an earthquake. And then we get to a point where wars and rumors of wars. So we've got a country over here fighting a country over here, but if it don't matter in my country, it's not really shaking me up too much. They can have their battle, do whatever they want to do. Then you get the nations against nations. I mean, you know, it's nations against nations. It's a scary thing, it, but as long as your nation ain't in it, you don't really care anything. But now look at the last one. One day there's going to be kingdom against kingdom. There's only two kingdoms. So the kingdom, basically, shaking, affects everybody in the whole wide world. Why is that? Basically, because it's a total kingdom shaking. You're either in one kingdom or you any other kingdom. So this whole thing is not just shaking up the United States. It's shaking up the entire world right now. And we see people pressing into God for the first time, going after the things of God. Why is that? Because their heart is being shaken on the inside of you. Will there be salvations through this? Yes. Will there be deliverances through this? Yes. But I'm not dealing with all those things. I'm dealing with you. See, I'm a pastor. I deal with you. I want to know what's in your heart. I want to know, are you making the adjustments? Are you so caught up in the natural realm that God can't even get to your heart because it's turned to stone? Are you troubled? I'll tell you, it's hard to God to talk to you when you're troubled because you're thinking everything and he can't get across to you. All right, look at verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and they shall kill you, and shall be hated of many nations. I mean, that don't sound very good. Look, they may start taking us. They may start putting us in jail. And what are we going to do? Right now, they can find us to our house and we're barely surviving. Come on, we're having enough trouble getting along with each other. We got food. We got toilet. We got everything by ourselves. And we still can't get along with our family members. But there may be a day you go to prison. That's going to be a lot worse than what's coming on here. So notice what it says, verse 10. And then shall how many? Many be offended and they will start to do what? Betray one another. So notice, he's given us, in all these things that come to us, he's given us a pattern. First of all, what are you going to do? You're going to get troubled. And if you get troubled and people don't get troubled with you, what are you going to do? You're going to get offended. Look at verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Now, I'm not even going to go there because I don't think we have enough time. 
There's a lot of voices out there right now, and that's fine. A lot of things are going on, but you better be spiritual enough to know who's telling you the truth and who's making up stories and who's doing whatever. So we'll just leave that go right there. Verse 12. Now notice, we've been troubled. We've got offended. And now verse 12 says, And because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall what? Wax cold. Oh, now we got right down to it, didn't we? We got troubled. Now we got offended. And now, bless God, we're loving others just in a different way than we loved them before. Bless God. We're mad at this one. We're upset at that one. We're being divided by this one. In other words, the love of many is going to wax cold. Now, here's what I'm going to do. Verse 13. But he that shall endure to the end, he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. What does endure mean? It means I'm going to continue in the same state I was, and I'm not going to change course. In other words, people say, what are you going to do about the virus? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. We're all losing our jobs. What are you going to do, pastor? I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. What are you going to do, pastor? Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world and a witness to all nations. I'm not going to preach, I'm not going to preach the experts what they say. I'm not going to preach the other people what they say. I'm not going to preach what the government says. I'm going to do what I was called to do and put here to do. I'm going to preach the good news of the kingdom of God in this day and in this hour. Praise God. That's what we're called to do. That's the only way that you're ever going to be fulfilled. I know i got something around here someplace. I'm going to hit on a subject here that I didn't know whether to or not, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Once again, this isn't directed at everybody. It's directed at you. As we go through this time here and this thing that we're doing, basically what, is, what has happened is the most dangerous thing is not the virus. It's the division in the body of Christ. That's much more. And right now, you know, I'm trying to stay away from this stuff as much as I can, but every place you go, it pops up. You know, you've got, the, you've got the two sides. You've got the have church side, and you've got the do not have church side. And the church side's made at the do not have church side, and the do not church side is made at the other church side, and going back and forth. And, and, and I mean, the problem is everybody has an opinion. But the main problem is everybody's opinion's right. So basically it ends up in basically where it gets to be a war. One person goes on, turns into Facebook wars where this guy does this, then this guy does that, then this guy comes out about this. And I'll tell you, I have no problem with people's opinions whatsoever because I know everybody has one. But the thing comes, basically, if that's your opinion and you stick to it, that's good. But when you start running your mouth against quote the other side when they're their brothers and sisters anyway I don't care which side you look on I don't care which side your opinion is on the thing is you don't start running your mouth against the other side we've got one Holy Ghost that's enough we don't need 10, 20, 50,000 of the other ones you shouldn't be doing this you can't do that praise God so what are we going to do here's my opinion if you want to go to church and there's a church having church go if you don't want to go to church and you don't believe it's right and you shouldn't go right now let me tell you what to do stay home see it's really that simple, basically. You don't have to know what everybody else is doing and what they're not. Now, I was fortunate enough to get on both sides of this argument because the first time when everybody shut down their churches, we had it here. So, of course, I got it from the do not church, do not have church side. And everybody's coming and everybody's doing it. And you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that. Well, basically, I just went to the authorities. I talked to the authorities in this county. I talked to the sheriffs, the policemen. I asked them what they thought. They basically told me the first week that it was just a suggestion now. There's no cases in. And if you want to have church, we are fine with it. So we had church. I contacted them the next week. The sheriff was there. He said, it's still just a suggestion. We've got five or six cases now, though. And basically, at this time, it would help us if you didn't so it doesn't cause World War III in this area. So out of respect for them, 
we suspended. We shut down church, basically, and we're doing what we're doing right now. Do I feel good about that? Yeah, I feel good about following orders, doing what I'm supposed to do, not doing what I'm supposed to do. But as a pastor, you don't escape it just by doing that. Everybody that calls you is the same thing. What do you think about that church over in Tampa over there? The guy got it. What do you think about that church? What do you think? Everybody wants to know, try to get an opinion out of you. So I went to God as soon as I suspended church. I said, Lord, I know this is coming. I'm no fool. I know that people are going to question me. People are going to want to know what to do. People are going to know what. So I went to God and I prayed and I prayed. And all at once, I got a loud and clear answer. And it wasn't in a vision. I didn't have a dream. I didn't have God audibly speak to me. Basically, the day that I suspended our services and Latasha put them online, two people responded to what I put on there. One simply said, we love you, which was nice. But the other one spoke right from heaven, right out of the mouth of God. I am telling you what. It was, I'm even going to say who it was. It was Heather and John. Heather and John simply put under my thing, we will be with you in spirit. We respect any decision that you make and we love you both. So they come to me and say, what about that church in Tampa? What do you think? Here's what I think. I respect any decision that they make over there, and I love them. What about the church down in Stewart? They're still having three, four hundred people. Let me tell you what I think. I respect any decision that they make, and I love them. That's my answer right now, because I'm going to stay in love. I'm going to stay out of worry. I'm going to stay out of fence. I'm going to stay out of this stuff. This is not the time for us to be like the world and act like the world. This is a time to do it. So thank you. John and Heather, praise God. You probably don't even know it. You know, sometimes you put some That spoke to my life, and that helped me quite a bit. I respect your decision. If you want to have church pastors, I respect your decision. And I want you to know I love you. If you don't want to, I respect, and I love you also, praise God, because that's just the way we're going to do it. We're going to do it the kingdom way. All right, Romans chapter 12. When you're a pastor and you have the heart of a pastor and you, you really care about the people of God, it's very troubling when the people of God are fighting the people of God. It's like, I mean, you got, you're a parent and you've got two sons or two daughters and they're constantly bickering and slapping each other and making fun of each other. There's no comfort in that whatsoever and you don't know what to do to try to solve it or try to do anything about it. And it's the same way in this. You know, when the, when the church body gets on one side or the other side and they start doing this stuff, it's just not good and especially the time we're in right now because God is talking loud. I believe he's talking louder at least to me than he ever has before. He is finding areas of my life that need to be adjusted. You know, you, and then you make an adjustment and then you go back to the porch and you lay on the bed. Woo-wee! I made an adjustment. I made an adjustment. I'm closer to God. Dee, 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 dee. Well, how many know it never stops? God's still working. God's still doing. God's still bringing us into the kingdom of God. All right, Romans chapter 12, look at verse 2. We all know the scripture, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. So here, here is our call right now, what we're supposed to be doing. We've been renewing our mind on the Word of God. Things have been good in the country. Economy's good. Stock market's good. Everything's good. But we've been seeking and finding out the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Why do we want to do that? Because it's our job, look what it says, in your minds that you may prove. We are here now in the kingdom of God and members of the kingdom of God to prove what God's will is in the earth right now. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done here on the earth. Well, how's it going to be done? Through us. So what are we going to do? It's his will. 
that everybody be healed. It's his will that everybody be saved. It's his will that people live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we are here with the power of the Spirit on the inside of us, resurrection life, to enforce into people's lives, praise God, the kingdom of God and God's will in this situation. God's will never changes. It's the same. He is enough with or without stuff in this situation. He is enough. I'm going to reiterate where I started. You were born for a time such as this. It's not an accident that you are here right now in 2020 at this time. You are God's answers to the problem in the world today going on around you. You are either today seeking first the kingdom and your right position in that kingdom, or you're worrying and having things and fighting over opinions and doing other things. But right now you need to get back to God. Seek first His kingdom and right standing in that kingdom, and all things will be added unto you. Now, first of all, I just want to pray for you. If you need to repent, repent. If you're mad at me, that's fine. Repent of that too. doesn't really make any difference. Praise God. Father, I just pray for everybody who sees this, everybody watching it live, everybody that might see it later. Father, we want to line our hearts up with you in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. You show us the love this time of year. My gosh, Jesus laid down his life for each and every one of us. Father, I thank you that we're growing in love in every single area of our, our lives, to our brothers, to our sisters. Father, I would thank you for forgiveness for every single person who may be getting bottled up in worry or fear or any of those things. I pray to set them free right now. I speak to the spirit of fear and I you loose those people right now in Jesus' name so that God can work on their hearts and work on their minds and get them lined up with the kingdom of God. Father, we also pray, we have heard some prophets and some other people prophesy that this Resurrection Sunday would indicate a death to this virus and a severe decline in this virus and would take this virus down. We come into agreement with every church in this area and all over this country with them and we proclaim this virus dead right now in the name of Jesus. We command it to leave life's people's bodies. We command it to leave areas. We commanded to leave cities. And Father, I thank you for the healing of every single person suffering with that right now. You said where two or three are gathered, you've got the entire country right now agreeing right now and releasing. Praise God. We do not accept this. We do not allow it. We will not have it. We lock it out of the human race in the name of Jesus and we release the Spirit of God into this situation and we break every yoke and every burden off the lives of your people. And we thank you for what you have just done and give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. shall be added.